This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This episode of Vet Candy is brought to you by Vet Naturals, makers of hemp hips, developed by vets, approved by pets. Learn more at vetnaturals.com. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Vet Candy's podcast in other news. This is a podcast to expand your idea of what's impacting veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and all animal health professionals as humans. I'm your co-host, Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you're not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. And for all messages of love and positivity, you may reach me at jen at myvetcandy.com. Or jason at myvetcandy.com for all of you serious-minded folks to bring it to the real. Okay, so today, I'm pretty excited. Are you excited? I'm always excited. Well, this is my excited face. That's, oh, you've got your excited face on? I have my on? excited face okay. on. Yep. So our topic today, you ready? It's one of our favorites. We love to talk about this. Puff Puff Pass. Our topic today is <laughs> CBD and all associated compounds. Yeah, there's a lot of those. So in other news, it, is CBD effective in pets? That's a question that's out there, I think. Oh, it's really a question that's out there. And, and I'm really excited because into the Candyverse, we're bringing an incredible guest. Yeah, always. We always have to have an incredible guest to make up for you. I mean, to make up for, for me. Yes, oh, I get it. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, for yep. the host. For yes, the host. right. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about this guest is that, man, he's all over the place right now. Have you noticed? Yes, everywhere. The dude's an expert yep. uh, in, like, all kinds of almost stuff. Almost everything. I know. Surgery, COVID-19, yeah, yeah. like, management, communication, and CBD. And CBD. And CBD. Blah, blah, blah. And, and CBD. CBD. <laughs> That's 100% right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And what's even better, well, it's not so great for the news hounds in the Candyverse, but so this is a Sunday. <laughs> it's a Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday. Yeah. That's because our guest is so popular. Yeah, why, I was wondering, why are we recording on a Sunday? Yeah, it's because to get this guy, we had to do it on a Sunday. Ah, uh, makes sense now. I was wondering what was happening. I'm, you know, I'm game for whatever, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not yeah. that busy, right? I'm not an expert in anything, guys. We all no, know. That's right. Ain't no breaking down my door, for my opinion. No, no, me either. Me all right, either. so Sunday's fine with me, but... Why yeah. Sunday? But yeah. now it makes more sense. It I makes a lot it. of sense. Right. And sorry, news hounds, that this is not one of our video podcast episodes because this dude has a face for video. Sorry for them, right? Sorry yeah. for yeah. So they don't get to they don't get to experience That's it like right. we do. Yeah. Right. So. Unlike us, we got a face we, for we have a face for podcasts. podcast. Hundred percent. That's yeah. right. A hundred percent. So um, there was an interesting article on Vet Candy uh, recently, and it says that uh, exercise will make you smarter. Hold on. There's. There's a bunch of interesting articles. Yeah, yeah. Vet this one says Don't exercise. act like that's a surprise. Exercise right? will make you smarter. Did you see that one? I didn't see that one. You know who, who probably saw it? Who? Our guest. Our guest. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yep. So, so that's it, how he's smart. It, it, because he exercises a lot. Dude. Six times a day. I'm telling I you. I heard. It's, it's happening. A, it's a rumor. <laughs> anyway, so but we, we, we won't make any more fun of him yeah, because he is, he is one of our friends. He is in the Vet Candy family. Into the Candyverse today comes. Dr. Courtney Campbell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a very generous introduction. Lots of backhanded compliments included. I was uh, really entertained by that. I think one thing has been established throughout the years in that uh, I definitely have a face for radio, but now it's elevated to podcasts. So 
I'll graduate no, from Cordy, Radio that's Podcast. That's what we're saying. We're saying Thank you, you have so a face for TV, for man. You know, allowing me to be on your show. That's right. That's right. Hey, so uh, we do that only because you're part of the Vet Candy family. And listeners know. Listeners know, right? The news hounds, you, know, you guys are aware. You know what's up. Okay, so let's get let's get into the topic because, I mean, Dr. Campbell, CBD. It's a big deal, right? It's a huge deal. I mean, at least in a lot of worlds within veterinary medicine, whether you are in the surgical world, internal medicine, neurology, behavior, general practice, wherever you are within the veterinary medical space, I've noticed that the knowledge base for CBD is steadily increasing. And it's important because I find that a lot of people are interested in what's the next phase. Is there true science? Is there true efficacy behind CBD? So as the interest is growing among pet parents and owners, I think veterinarians need to, or I think it's important that veterinarians increase their knowledge base when it comes to CBD as well. Yeah, well, that's what's interesting. Well, I like to increase my knowledge base in general because, you know, it's not very big. Right now. I'm, try- nerd, I'm trying to get it. So nerd, we, we like nerd. to bring people like Dr. Campbell on to increase my knowledge base, that's right. especially in, in, in CBD. But I've heard that there can be some confusing things about CBD. What does it treat? What does it do? All this other kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, well, on top of what does it treat and is it efficacious yeah. and how do you give it and how dangerous might it be? Dangerous. It, is mm. it legal? That's another question. I thought we were saving I mean, that one for a little bit later. That's a biggie. That's a big one. Yeah. Well, we got to get to that first. But well, actually, I do think we'll get to safety and efficacy sure. right off the bat. So, yeah. So, like, right there. Shall we just get the elephant, like, in the room discussed? Dr. Campbell, what do you think? Yeah, no, listen, you, we are... Listen, we are at a true intersectional moment here where we're fusing both efficacy, science, and evidence-based medicine with legality. And oh, there's, yeah. re- we're wrestling with both components at the exact same time, which is a rare situation to be in. Usually, if a new drug comes out into the market, it's been thoroughly researched, it's been shown to be efficacious, and in addition to that, it's legal to give. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? If you come out with a new anti-parasitic agent to, to prevent fleas and ticks, rarely are we thinking about, yeah, I'd like to prevent my dog from catching some sort of infectious disease, but is it legal to do so? And so because we're wrestling with this and the the popularity of these drugs are steadily increasing, I think this is important to talk about now more than ever. I would say this. Let me just be completely honest. Eight out of 10 patients I see, or eight out of 10 clients, I should say, are interested in some level of either naturopathic, alternative, adjunctive treatment methods in addition to Western or pharmaceutical-based medicine. So I think that when I see clients, a lot of them are already giving CBD-based products or hemp-based products without either consent from a doctor or consulting with the doctor. So it's out there, it's here to stay, and I think it's important to talk about. But in fairness, Dr. Campbell, we should alert everybody that you're practicing in California. And California, I mean... I'm not sure what you're trying to say about California, but if I'm picking up what you're putting down, then I could be in Denver, Colorado. I could be in Washington, uh, Massachusetts, New York, and the list goes on. So literally, this is sweeping the country without uh, disparaging all Californians. No, no, I wasn't disparaging California. In fact, I'm kidding, everyone, of knows, everyone knows that I'll take any beach. I don't care if it's in California, Florida, Texas, it doesn't matter. However, my point was that California is actually even considered legislation at the state level to allow for veterinarians to prescribe, et cetera, medical marijuana for 
pet, which is lead, like on the leading edge of the regulatory issue for marijuana, CBD, and all of that. That's very much California's in front of that. And so it would stand to reason that citizens in California who have pets who are uncomfortable or might benefit from some use of CBD would be more aware. They have pets? They have pets. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you know that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I get some medical marijuana from my, my pet dog, right? You know, that's, that's it does. But, but I'm saying, but, but you, are, you are correct. You could be in Colorado. You could be in Washington. You could be in a lot of states that are looking at the state level to legalize more than just hemp-based products as the federal government has done recently. So that was the only thing I meant by California because practicing here in Florida, it's a very different situation. However, clients still come in every day, every day. There's more than one client will come in and ask quietly, maybe a little furtively about CBD use in pets. And so what we want to determine or discuss with you as an expert is, is it efficacious? How much do you give? Is it safe? How do you do it? What are you going to use it for? What are the indications? Because um, it doesn't cure everything. You can't cure like it's not snake oil, well, right? Well, I don't know. According to some people, it cures everything under the sun. Yeah. It's been it's fantastic, and then some people say it's not effective at all. So it's the same the same kind of problem we have with anything that's new. So right, right, right. So all right. So let's. So what? Like which of those should we tackle first, Dr. Campbell? Well, let's what do you see. Think? You know. I think it's important. I think literally everything you both just said is so so critical and so important because part of what I'm concerned about is that there's a really loose definition of glossary terms surrounding this topic. I'm also concerned with the fact that the efficacy of the the drug or the efficacy of the chemical is going to be contingent upon is basically on integrity and and quality assurance. So you know, if you look at a product like a hemp-based product, you'll find people who are giving that product. And like Jason said, you know, they'll say, hey, I don't think this works. But if you look at like recent studies, they've found that commercial hemp products, only 23% of hemp oil extracts actually met the levels of what they said was in the product. And some of them didn't even make label claims <laughs> wow. to that point. So it, my concern really is there will be some people who are giving a product that is not what it says, not what it's purported to have in it, and they'll simply say, this is junk science, this doesn't right. work. And therefore, they'll leave with the conclusion that these products have literally no benefit and we shouldn't give them when the unfortunate side is they were just giving an inferior, an inferior product. So uh, let's start with, you know, what is hemp? right? What is industrial hemp? And my understanding of it, and I listen, the reason why I always preface it with my understanding is because we are growing in our knowledge literally every week about this. We are, everyone is really trying in earnest to increase their knowledge base. So I definitely always provide the caveat that it's a continuing process. But to my current understanding, industrial hemp is a basically the legal term for cannabis sativa product that contains less than 3% THC. And marijuana is a strain of cannabis that contains more than 3% of THC. Is that your understanding, both of you? But I think that perhaps we uh, had a hiccup in sound because did you mean to say 0.3%? Yeah, 0.3%. Yeah, and we heard 3%. We did. There's a okay. big difference. <laughs> yeah, that's so, huge. Yeah. That was good, yeah. yeah. So 0.3%, that's correct. The federal government defines commercial hemp or industrial hemp, which is the legalized product that, and from the 2018 Farm Bill as containing less than 0.3% of THC, which is the agent that gets you high, right? That's not the CBD people are looking for. 
right? These aren't right. the droids that you're yeah. looking for. Right. <laughs> That's THC, the stuff that gets you high. So the CBD content isn't addressed, right? When we talk about the definition of what is hemp. It isn't. And a lot of people want to know. So we've got that 0.3% differentiation between what is hemp and what is basically defined as marijuana. So big deal. What does that do to the body? Why do we even give it? And it really just boils down to that endocannabinoid system. And my understanding of the endocannabinoid system in its most overarching and simplistic terms is just about homeostasis, just about getting your body back to normal. And there are receptors obviously found throughout the body. That's why they call it endocannabinoid because it comes from within. But you can find receptors all throughout the body. They, the specific ones that people really reference are the CB1 and CB2 receptors. You know, the challenge is that when you start talking about it, my concern is that when we try to put it into these two camps, basically CB1 or CB2 or endocannabinoid, it's way more complex than that. And I feel that the way it works in the body sometimes can be distilled into this level in which it's this or that. And I think we, we sort of undervalue or understate the complexity regarding how it actually operates in the body. I'm pretty sure that's how Dr. Jason does it. Yes, 100%. Does it work? Does it not? That's Understates much- the complexity yeah. of, the, <laughs> of the entire discussion. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. But on the other side of this break, Dr. Campbell is going to talk with us about how do we know how much is effective? How do we know how much is dangerous? Is there any science out there, that evidence-based medicine that he mentioned at the beginning, at the outset, so that we can get into that? So hang with us through the break, and we'll, we'll get right into that. Charlie. Good boy. Here you go. Charlie's getting older, but he still moves like a pup. Developed by vets. Approved by pets. Hemp and hips are delicious chewy treats that are packed with good stuff like vegetable source glucosamine, chondroitin, omega-3 fatty acids, turmeric, and hemp oil. One of nature's superfoods. Regular use of hemp and hip soft chews may support your dog's full range of motion, mobility, and quality of life. Love your puppy for life. Learn more by visiting vetnaturals.com. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Okay. All right. Thanks for staying with us. Although I'm sure you stayed with us because you want to hear what is the science out there behind CBD use in your pets. Maybe you've already tried it in your dog. Maybe you've already given it to your cat. I don't know. Have you? I, I have not. Can, can Clients can get it over the counter, right? Some, some yes. CBD oh, yeah, products. Yeah. You don't have to go yeah. to the veterinarian look, and get it. So look. I bet you a lot of them have. Yeah. Let's not go back down the regulatory rabbit trail. Oh, sorry. All right. No, no. We're, we're talking about okay. science here. Okay. We're talking about evidence-based medicine. And to see what's happening. Although regulatory is important because like as Dr. Campbell, as you mentioned, what's in the bag may not be what's written on the bag. Exactly. It's tough. You know, if you, 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 I'm seeing, let's say a dog, right, for osteoarthritis and I'm really concerned. I say, oh man, you know, we start from the beginning talking about uh, some of the principles behind treating osteoarthritis. And of course, you know, we talk about weight loss and regular exercise and anti-inflammatories and all of the rest. And they say, well, I'm also giving CBD. 
I'm like, oh, okay, well, fantastic. <laughs> How is it working? You know, I'm not sure. Where are you getting your CBD from, I might ask. Oh, you know, I just got it from a local farmer's market. Or the and gas the gas This impediment to this CBD is like you were just saying, Jen, the lack of regulatory control, the legality behind it. Because, right, because it's uh, the legality is still being figured out, then there's a whole array of different concentrations and ratios and qualities around what's happening. And so I, I strongly believe if you're looking to give these products, let's say you've done the research, which we'll talk about, sure, right? Let's say you've done the research and convinced it could be effective for your pet, certainly try to get your product from a bona fide institution, a bona fide company that has been, that's under sort more rigorous vigilance in regards to their quality assurance. Would you say that or would you just say, Jen or Jason, that anywhere should be fine and it's no big deal? You know, I would never say anywhere is fine, especially. Oh, okay, all right. Sounds like we agree on that. Yeah, especially, especially. There's a shocker today, especially with a product that is in what we call, or some people call, like a regulatory gray area. And uh, you know me, I don't like gray areas. I like it black and white, and I like the rules. And um, actually, uh, the the FDA has said that they do not regulate animal supplements. Right? Animal feed, yes. Animal drugs, yes. Animal supplements, no. And so there's no, there's no entity that's overseeing to make sure quality control exists so that what you say, again, what you say is, on, is in the bag, is in the bag. And so the other thing, like so, Dr. Campbell, yeah, go So ahead. CBD then is considered a supplement, not, that's the, or not. I mean, that's sort of a big, little bit. you just kind of alluded to that, but hemp. I want to kind of hemp, hemp, let's hemp. get the right hemp product. Hemp extract. Hemp are considered a supplement rather than can, Anything else. can be sold mm-hmm. as an animal supplement, not seeking to mitigate, treat, or Fix cure a, a disease, word, right? however it can support the function of uh, the creature. So, but, they, here's, but here's the question. Aren't there stuff that can be toxic in hemp, right? Like Most definitely. And that's why I think some of these safety studies coming out are interesting because mm-hmm. they're under very tightly controlled situations. Take a look at example for a study that came out in the Frontiers or Veterinary Science Journal, even this year in February of 2020. Mm-hmm. What they basically did is they used a random placebo controlled study utilizing research dogs and they used five different uh, substances that they gave dogs. Okay. And the substances they gave dogs were a CBD predominant oil, a THC predominant oil, CBD THC predominant oil of a 1.5 to 1 ratio. They gave sunflower oil as a placebo. Then they gave medium chain triglyceride oil as a placebo as well. So five different dosages. They took that CBD concentration. Again, remember, there's studies indicating that two migs per kg may have some benefit. They took that that, that concentration all the way up to 62 migs per kg. And they found that that particular CBD or that particular concentration, 62 migs per kg, which is much higher than the two migs per kg shown that could be effective, was as safe as the placebo control. Now, the adverse effects that they saw in this study were predominantly in those oils that contained THC, the THC predominant oil or the CBD THC oil that was Mm -hmm. 1.5 to 1. And the adverse events were lethargy, getting mm-hmm. cold like hypothermia, and some neurological symptoms. But no deaths, no, no animals No deaths, and of, and of course, they took a look at blood counts, CBC, right. physical examinations, yeah. and they saw mild elevations in, in liver enzymes. But I think the point that you're making is really important. As these studies come out, 
which really are heartening for those CBD enthusiasts or cannabis-based medicine enthusiasts. Remember, all of these studies are done in a very tightly controlled, highly regulated situation. They know how much CBD is actually in the product. They know these dogs. They're obviously highly regulated and observed and observed and studied by veterinarians. And so I think that that's super important to, to mention. They, people say, hey, this CBD stuff is really safe. We're seeing no toxicity. And I would say, absolutely. That's a, apparently what the studies are showing. But where are you getting your CBD from? What, you know, what's actually in the product? And so I do think your point is very well taken. But, that some uh, things can be toxic. And I guess I was thinking about other non-target items in the product. So if there's heavy metals, in the hemp. Um, right, right in the hemp, in the hemp extract, in the hemp extract, like if it's not, uh, if it's contaminated with other stuff that the plant may have um, taken up when That's it a good was point. produced, right? Like, so it's not the target. Like, so there's maybe the CBD concentration is exactly on target for your two mg per kg dose. But if there's a whole bunch of arsenic or something in there, that's no good. That's why your point earlier about make sure that you know the company, make sure that you're confident in what they're doing, make sure they, they do some quality control uh, on their producers, et cetera, I think is very, very well taken. Well, people are saying, well, how exactly am I going to know if this CBD product is actually you know, is actually what it says is on the label, is that what it purports to be. And I would definitely ask the company to show you evidence of what their label claims, like, like anything else. Is what's in the product what you say? And, and if they have trouble producing that, or if the label makes no claims to that, that to me is a red flag. Perhaps, perhaps a green flag, one that basically says, hey, this is a good thing. A green flag might be a company that is fairly large, that is under increased scrutiny, increased scrutiny over a company that might be out of your friend's basement, right? Something like that. And so <laughs> these companies, and again, nothing against anybody's friends, certainly nothing disparaging about basements in general. Basement, but I just say, Jason. I just think in, but I think overall, <laughs> it's important to look at companies yeah. that have increased have increased scrutiny in regards to their products. And so, like, Jason, don't you think the next question is, like, do you know when to use it? Like, do you know, well, like... My next question is, that's all interesting, but what can we use it on? Like, yeah, what, what is it we... safe to use it on? What have you used it on? What have other people used it on? What's the majority of people finding effective? And, uh, you know, can we tell our clients to, hey, go get some, or here's, here's some here, or what's happening here? Yeah, what are, the in, what are the indications yeah. for CBD use? Yeah, when that's why that's why I think our trio right now is awesome to to talk, and I, I feel so lucky and honored to join you guys because you have that expertise in regards to different species and that breadth of knowledge. You know, obviously my life is surrounded by really cute dogs and cats, but you see so many different species, and I'm curious to know your experience and expertise regards to cannabis-based products in other species. You're so blessed that you have no ugly dogs or cats hanging out with you, or what's happening? You know there? what? It's just or are there Frenchies. no ugly dogs or cats? I don't know what you're trying to say. It's mostly Frenchies, man. So they're all. Cute. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> that's great. Everybody loves oh. a Frenchie. Okay, so, um, Doctor Jason. Yeah. Have you have you ever ever had uh, a patient that took CBD? Yes. Or hemp extract? Yes. You did See, hemp extract. I've had a bunch actually because I will tell you. So we had. And it turns out that uh, this is, a, I think, a fairly common use even in, even in humans. I don't want to get in, into some stuff that I don't know so too much about. So first of all, what species was it? It was a baboon. 
It was a baboon. Yeah, it was a baboon. So a baboon. baboon. Now, they, okay, now they, this is where things get interesting. Okay, everybody in the candy verse, turn up, turn up wherever you are. Okay, first. pull over if you're on your commute <laughs> listening to this. We're about to talk about CBD use in baboons. All right, yeah. Dr. Okay, Jason, so please I'm, I'm go. I'm really glad you're not setting me up for this, Courtney. Great. So first, I want to clarify something. It was not a cute baboon because I'm not sure. It was I don't think that exists. I don't know if that exists. Okay? No. Okay. But okay. It was a very he was a very engaging male. I was going to say they could be fun. Very engaging male. But they are um, not cute. Not cute. But fun, smart, right. interesting. Right. Yep. Yeah. And run around and, yeah. and all kinds of facial expressions. Anyway, so this guy uh, had, had epilepsy, as is not uncommon in this certain species of... of uh, it was idi idiopathic, idiopathic epilepsy. Idiopathic epilepsy. And it kept, he kept having breakthrough seizures. We, had, we, tried, we tried a bunch of stuff without getting into a bunch of brand name yeah, yeah. stuff. The typical medicines you try for... Um, everything you know, is labeled for use for epilepsy. Everything is labeled for use. Yeah. And so we were able to control it. However, we were controlling it by essentially keeping this poor guy doped up. Like he was just sort of out of it. And this guy was a very engaging baboon. He would want to see you and jump up and say hi. And Might and he be this, called gregarious? Very gregarious. And so we knew something was wrong because he was just, it wasn't right to just kind of watch him sit there not having Aww. seizures. Yeah. Great. Yeah. However, he also wasn't having a great life. So then you start to have the whole... Um, quality of life mm -hmm. discussion, which isn't very much fun. So I said, forget about this discussion. I heard about this stuff from, from my friends at Vet Candy. I'm going to try it, right? Run to the gas station and so get I some gummies. So I did not go to the gas station. I went to my <laughs> local distributor. We, we got some. And lo and behold, Dr. Campbell, I didn't know have any idea how much to give. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try some. So we tried some. We gave two meals, right? Two meals a day, right? Now, and do I you remember that. what dose I, that was? I, I can't remember. I, we dosed it at something like two and a half or three megs. Uh, per kilogram or something like okay. that. Okay. Um, it's been a okay. While. That that uh, sounds good. You are not gonna believe this. It only took one. now. Remember, at this time he was. I didn't want. I had to kind of taper him off the the other medicine. So at this time he was on kind of both. But immediately once we got him only on the the hemp, hemp extract, the, the hemp extract, two things. Remember, even with the typical um, seizure medicine, he was having breakthrough seizures, especially at night. We'd come back in the morning and find out that he would he had had a seizure because his you know had injuries right these poor guys had to lock him up at night um, so it's very sad so as soon as he got only on the hemp extract not a single breakthrough seizure not one coupled with the fact that his behavior went back to no almost normal running around beating up the girls like they normally do showing him who's boss it was a really hey maybe let's 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 not lead with that as a characteristic of the baboon who's awesome is yeah that he runs yeah around he, run, he runs around beating up anyways in there but it doesn't matter right he has a normal behavior for the baboon and we were very ecstatic for that this was it that's what this is that dose and we even cut the dose in half no wow. change wow. no seizures great great behaviors all back to normal we Not did, the level of sedation you were seeing with the zero sedation as far as we can tell, and zero seizures. So, and that continues today. Uh, has not changed, and so I'd like to say that CBD probably saved this animal's life. Life, yeah. Because we didn't, we were, we we're running out of options, right? Wow. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so we have, I do have that as an anecdotal story. Now I've, I've tried. No. I've tried now, CBD thanks, on some Jason. Other stuff that, now. that was a really heartening story and a heartwarming story. To, in, not to put you on the spot here, but prior to that experience with that baboon, did you find that CBD as a concept, as a drug, as as you had, we talked about, alluded to earlier, as a panacea? Did you find that it all was just very dubious? Were you skeptical of it? And they, did this change your opinion, or did you have a very favorable, optimistic opinion about CBD and hemp-based products prior to treatment of this baboon? 
I see we're back to the normal flow of things where Dr. Campbell's asking us the questions, but I'll go with it. I think that's a great question. Just one, um, just one. And I will tell you uh, guys and, and everyone out in the Kenyaverse, I, I was extremely skeptical, but not in a bad way. I just didn't know anything about it, right? I healthy, wasn't, healthy I wasn't pro, I wasn't con. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. But guess what my options were at that point were zero. So I tried it and, and sometimes you just kind of, you kind of get forced in the corner and you can try it and it was just the right time, you know. Uh, I don't think five years ago it, that option would have been there, but it's there now. And also, you do some research and you find out that this stuff apparently works very well with some seizures. So, uh, with in humans or whatever. In so fact, I tried it and it worked really well. It's, isn't that the only labeled use in humans right now, Dr. Campbell, is for like significant epilepsy? I'm only aware of Epidiolex, which is yeah. an anti-seizure, anti-convulsant medication, right. cannabis-based anti-convulsant medication. But certainly, you know, you think about some of the more common anti-convulsants, whether it's phenobarbital, potassium bromide, zonanzamide, um, and, and you think about all of them. Yeah, that is kind of the quintessential battle. Is it to sedate them or are they too sedate? And when you get into that too sedate or too sedate, it's like, what else can we do? And you found a suitable alternative, which is really awesome. And yeah, it was great for that, that species in that in that. Um, so, uh, yeah, and so we know. Science, so. so we know. Actually, we know because it is the only FDA-approved use for um, CBD oil is that Epidiolex, like you mentioned, for seizures in anyone like over the age. I think it's over the age of two. I can't remember. Two years old is a big deal. But are there any other clinical conditions for which we have evidence that it's effective? Well, are there any other clinical conditions in which we have evidence that it's effective? I think that, number one, anecdotal evidence versus research evidence. And I think the anecdotal evidence is pretty bountiful. You'll run into clinicians sure. just like Jason just alluded, you know, just like Jason told that touching anecdote about that baboon where they find it's effective. And, and on a level, on the levels of evidence, you know, personal experience and expert opinion is the lowest level of evidence, but it's still on the level, right? It's not, it's not, it shouldn't be Discounted. sort of dismissed whole cloth. Mm -hmm. So I certainly will say that anecdotal evidence among these, among experts like Dr. Jason is, is worthy of listening to. However, there's some recent research coming out of Baylor that looked at two things. They looked at number one on the cellular level, both in a murine model and in human cells, both in mouse and human cells, does the phytocannabinoid CBD decrease inflammatory markers in those cells? And they found that it did. And then they went mm -hmm. on to, to do a second component of that study where they gave, gave CBD-based products. One was liposome encapsulated. One was not or naked CBD uh, product. Whoa. And then the, finally naked they CBD. gave a placebo. Right, naked you got to be careful about naked CBD. That's a different type of podcast, obviously. Yeah. That's but like what naked they did is viruses. they gave those those three substances, and uh, the results from them showed that, according to this study, were very positive. That they showed a huge benefit in quality of life and just basically occupational activities, grabbing their mm -hmm. toys, their alacrity to go outside and play and walk and just be, as Jason said, just fun loving back to their normal personalities. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's got to be horrible to have achy joints. And literally, I get older and I've got achy joints. Yeah. So I understand. I was going to say, like. say are. are are you blessed with no achy jo joints, Dr. Yes. And it just makes me, you know, achy joints makes you grumpy. It gives you a different personality. So if we can get these dogs a higher quality life without achy joints, a lot of people are going to say, I feel like I have my dog back. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. once that personality comes back, and that's what Dr. Jason was kind of saying, I feel like I have my baboon back. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he was back to like just that? being a normal, a normal baboon, as you were saying, uh, playing with the girls in the most, you know, fun and, and violent ways and stuff. So yes, I think ultimately it's... Um, I'm so sorry. Those... Gentlemen, gentlemen. Can, can, like, really? Both of you guys? Can we not giggle about that? I was that? kidding. A little baboon humor, a little baboon humor. But yeah, so I think as far as researchers goes, Jenna, like you're saying, there's some good stuff out there. And what's great about it is we referenced a safety study. We mm-hmm. referenced an osteoarthritis study. We're referencing level four evidence of expert opinion. And the, the research continues. And there's more and more studies coming mm-hmm. out every month. And perhaps even in 2021, we may see a huge glut of papers come out looking at research in dogs. So, you know, and so far, this is really important to emphasize. So far, I haven't seen any studies that purport to see severe adverse effects from nope. giving it, right? Me, so I, uh, I don't know if you two have seen any thus nope. far. I've seen none. In fact, on another episode of In Other News, when we had a, a CBD researcher on, he indicated that, yeah, they, they haven't found that the hemp extract products produce any sort of fatal toxicity in dogs now and i'll tell you that in um all my emergency experience in emergency clinics i never had a dog succumb to having eaten somebody's stash you know they looked a little funny and i don't recommend that period however i think that we're gonna like you say we're gonna see lots of information coming out in the coming years and i hope that the news hounds will have a little bit of a critical eye when looking at that research and look and see who did it and not like their name, but how they're associated with any product or with any company, just with a critical eye. It doesn't discount the research that they did, but just eyes wide open when you look at research coming out, look for that peer review process, look for a control group, um, et cetera, um, because I think we're going to see a whole lot of it coming out. Yeah, no doubt about that. And listen, I want to sort of highlight and double underline what you said too. I would never advocate giving any pets THC, but like you, I have never seen a fatality associated with it, except when it's combined with chocolate or other substances, xylitol, chocolate, those sorts of things. So I have seen fatalities associated with that, but obviously you can't attribute that to the the THC. It was Mm -hmm. potentially more likely the other substance it was combined with. Yeah, and there was a fatality, um, I guess, a couple of years ago with THC-containing butter. The dog ate all of the butter, butter. but it didn't have anything to do, apparently, with the chemicals in it. It had to do with the rancidity of the butter. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, never a good plan to feed your dog giant sticks of butter. Just not like a good plan. Don't don't do that. Was THC in the butter? It was in the butter. Like he had some, then he ate the butter. No, no, it was in the butter. And the same thing. That's a good morning toast, Dr. Campbell is too polite to mention. There was probably brownies that were chocolate that contained the THC that he saw, right? But not me. I'll tell you all my emergency stories. Because uh, people come in with them and you know it. Because Dr. Campbell's worked relief, regular practice, emergency practice, referral as a surgeon, like all of it, the whole gamut. Otherwise known as his, a journeyman. His, his, his I know. No, I totally, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, we've already, we've already gone over the fact that we're Not doing this on them. a Sunday. That, we have to, we have to, we have, to have another podcast just to go over the rest of his Just to go over the rest of his credentials. Uh, I know, yeah. it's a situation. Very funny, it's, very funny. But we're, we're very pleased to be here on a Sunday talking about this cutting edge topic. And so, so let's see. So we visited on um, the indica- clinical indications that may be supported by the addition of a hemp extract product, ancillary therapy, if you will. 
We've talked about the regulatory things. We've talked about the safety. Is there anything else, Dr. Campbell, that you think that um, pet owners and veterinarians really need to be aware of in the conversation surrounding this kind of burgeoning new product? Honestly, I hate to say it, but I feel like our feline friends always get honorable mention. Aww. You know what I mean? What they've been showing a lot is that, you know, even with these same concentrations, same dosage levels of CBD, that cats reach lower serum concentrations and it takes them longer to get to a therapeutic window. So not only are we going to have, mm. as you said, burgeoning information, burgeoning research and growing body of knowledge in regards to CBD and its indications and its efficacy and its safety in dogs, but there's going to be a whole new, a whole new glut of papers coming out in regards to cats and feline and how this phytocannabinoid behaves in cats. Again, I haven't seen any uh, papers talking about any severe adverse effects but you know cats their job is to drool and vomit and they do their jobs really well mm. right so when you give them an oil they shake their head and they act like they're hyper salivating it's the it's worst like thing foaming. ever so foaming. that also has to be worked out too so i think listen uh there are depending upon which resource you go to our feline friends are the most common pet in the united states right there are more cats in the United States than dogs, again, depending upon the resource you read. So, you know, maybe we should be putting an emphasis on them versus dogs. But at the end of the day, listen, I hope we do a round two specifically focused on regulatory information, Dr. Jen, because honestly, you are, you know, such a rich resource to this and, and Dr. Jason, you too. So I hope when we come back, we can do a round two so that you guys can talk about it because that is something that I will have I will be hanging on every single word. Wow. Did you hear that? Yeah. On a Sunday. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that, Dr. Campbell. Um, and I do like how you mentioned the cats because as we had learned and as you told us on a previous episode, cats are not small dogs. There you go. Um, that's right. Amen. All it's Sunday, so we got to say amen. That's right. <laughs> I mean, in a second, he's going to call for a witness. Yeah, okay. I know. There you go. So, uh, yeah. I, and, I, and I will say that, you know, my favorite kitty is the Himalayan. They're large. Oh and, my goodness, uh, man. I'll see you one Himalayan and I'll raise you one Maine Coon. You know what Maine I mean? Maine Coon. <laughs> you, Everybody you knows can't. you love the Maine Coon. But Himalayans are better because their nose is smashed. Um, there you go. And they all, they all have inflammatory issues as they get older, etc. And, you know, yeah, so I'm, ho I'm hopeful that there will be some research come out for our feline friends too. Thanks for bringing that up, Dr. Campbell. Uh, listen, no problem. I just, like I said, I, I think at the end of the day, as veterinary healthcare providers, we just need to become more aware about CBD products as well as the laws and regulations. And I include myself in that. So I am a work in progress. I'm learning more. And like, like I said, I'm just so happy I got a chance to talk about it with you both today. Yeah, um, us too. And, and I think you're right. I think uh, the Medicinal value will continue to be further illuminated. I think the regulatory issue will begin to resolve itself so that all 50 states maybe are aligned a little bit more significantly with that 2018 farm bill that the feds passed. And because uh, I think Idaho and Mississippi maybe are the only two states where you still have an issue with over-the-counter um, hemp extract products for use. So, I mean, this has been, this has been an incredible conversation. Yes, another 
extremely informative with lots of big words with Dr. Courtney Campbell. Well, Dr. Courtney Campbell, I know he expands my vocabulary every time, every time I right? I have notes on this one. I know. I know. So we're always so excited to have you in. And uh, when, you, when you take time to come on um, In Other News, we really appreciate it because um, we know that you're busy. You're being pulled in eight different directions these days because you, do, you are such a wealth of information and an incredible um, communicator, as it were, especially as it relates to pet health. So we Well, that's nice of you to say. I appreciate that. It's a, really, uh, it's a little overly generous, but I'll take it on a Sunday. Thank you so I, much. I, Dr. Campbell, yeah. I, I am rarely accused of being overly generous. Um, <laughs> but I will say um, to everyone in the Candyverse, if you're concerned that you're going to hang up or you're going to stop this podcast and not have any other resources, you can go to myvetcandy.com slash CBD and find some resources there from experts so that you don't have to hunt all through the interweb and uh, try to judge what's real and what's not. Uh, whether you're a pet owner, whether you're a veterinarian, whether you're a technician, we don't care who you are, as long as you're an animal lover, check out myvetcandy.com yeah, really slash CBD. Sure. Yeah. 100%. And uh, yeah, so I think that's all we can talk about today. What that's do you it. think, Jason? No, I agree. Covered most of it. I know. And we should call this the episode where Dr. Jason talks about his baboon. That's, that's okay, okay, great. Yeah, this is, this is officially the, the baboon episode for sure. That's There's right. nothing that can that can trump that. I will definitely say I will definitely, and I have checked out myvetcandy.com backslash CBD, and I hope everybody else does too. Excellent. All right, so Newtown, thanks for joining us on this episode, uh, and we'll see you on the next episode of Vet Candies in Other News. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.